Hello and welcome back to the show. Uh, apologies up front for my recent inactivity. Like I said before, there is just so much going on in my life. Uh, it's been kind of difficult to keep up with doing this. But, you know, when I can, I still take notes on uh, new releases here and there. And uh, had some free time today, finally. So wanted to put this new episode out there and talk about July 2023. As always, going over all of the new releases that I heard and then talking about my five favorites. Uh, so without wasting any time, I'm just going to get right into it. Uh, starting off, we have uh, Anoni and the Johnsons with My Back Was a Bridge for You to Cross. Um, the only Anoni album that I knew before this was the uh, most famous one, I Am a Bird Now, which is an album I absolutely love. I think it's one of the best albums of the 2000s. And this new album here, you know, there has been a lot of uh, music released in between these two albums. I've just, you know, never gotten around to it. But this new album here has been getting a lot of buzz online. And rightfully so. It's really tasteful, uh, throwback, soul uh, kind of stuff. It's got a bit of a gospel sound. Uh, songs about large uh, world issues that anyone can kind of, I think, fit themselves into and relate to. And uh, songs about grief and uh, lots of things like that. Uh, really, really great album. Uh, you know, it kind of just missed out on my five picks, but uh, it's got a lot of great songs on it, especially uh, It Must Change, and there's the other song on it uh, dedicated to Lou Reed. I'm kind of blanking on the title now because uh, I'm a bit of a dummy, but uh, regardless, a uh, really solid album. I'd like to return to it at some point soon. Uh, then we have a new one from Blur called The Ballad of Darren. Uh, as you know, uh, by the way, I want to say I'm not uh, doing uh, ratings out of five stars anymore when I'm talking about these albums. I'm doing away with that system. Uh, if you want more information on that, I made a specific episode. I think I just called it uh, a small announcement. So if you want more detail into that, just listen to that. Uh, but anyway, uh, Blur, new album, The Ballad of Darren. Uh, I'm a pretty huge Blur fan. I've never been able to figure out whether I prefer Blur or Gorillaz. I think on an album front, I generally prefer Gorillaz. But I think, you know, just based on, you know, certain songs. I, I might love Blur more. It's hard to say, and it's it's hard to compare the two projects, you know, even though they are both uh, Damon Albarn, but, you know, it's it's really cool to hear the other members of Blur uh, here with Damon, and uh, I don't think anyone was expecting a new Blur album in 2023, but hey, I mean, I'm not complaining. I don't think uh, a lot of Blur fans are really complaining about this, uh, I really like this album. I think it's just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of comes and goes, which I think is, you know, maybe a complaint for some people. It's just not very memorable. I don't think it's quite as uh, strong as The Magic Whip, which is probably my favorite Blur album, let's be real. But it's still a solid set of tunes. It kind of just sounds like uh, a group of dads, you know, uh, just British dads, uh, 
just making kind of low-key alt-rock jams. Um, it's it's cool to hear them making new music. That's really all there is to it. Um, another album that I think kind of missed out on uh, my five picks, I almost, uh, you know, like the Anoni, I almost did a uh, more of a deep dive on it, but uh, decided to save it for something else. But still, regardless, really good Blur album. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to, uh, turn anyone to anyone into a new Blur fan, but still really good. Uh, then we have a new album from Paris, Texas called Mid Air. Uh, I really love the EP they put out, I think in 2020 or 2021. I can't remember which year. Uh, one of my favorite EPs of recent times, the way they mix, uh, the rap and metal sounds is really cool and it, it's not like what you would think it's not like new metal you kind of just have to hear it for yourself this new album you know it's got a lot of really good songs on it i don't think it's quite as strong as that ep uh, due to it you know obviously being more songs so there's more you know room for maybe you know there's a few songs here and there that you're not as into uh, regardless, still a really solid album from Paris, Texas. Like I said, if you're into the idea of rap and metal uh, mixing together, definitely check this out. Uh, new Bethany Cosentino album, Natural Disaster. Obviously, Bethany uh, is mainly known for being the front woman of Best Coast. And this is essentially... You know, with Best Coast, she was doing this singer-songwriter thing, but there was this kind of surf rock persona around it. And this is her trying to uh, kind of rid herself of the Best Coast name, not to diss the name, but just to kind of see what she can do under her own name. And I know she's uh, really influenced by, like, 90s uh, women singer-songwriters like Sheryl Crow and this album really feels like her leaning into that uh, kind of world. And I think it's actually a solid set of songs, you know, I don't know if I would go back to the whole thing very often, but I, I think, you know, for what it is, she knocks it out of the park, and um, yeah, I've always really enjoyed her voice and her personality that she puts into her music, uh, you know, she has a certain, you know, she's not reinventing the wheel or anything, but when you hear the way she writes, it feels very true to her, and I appreciate that about the music, and like I said, I appreciate the, uh, 90s uh, Cheryl Crow kind of vibes here. Uh, then we have a new one from Carly Rae Jepsen called The Loveliest Time, a uh, continuation of The Loneliest Time from last year, which you might remember I liked, but I wasn't a huge fan of. And funny enough, I feel basically exactly the same about this album. Uh, the Loneliest Time obviously leaned into more uh, of a sad atmosphere, and this is supposed to be more uplifting and fun and dancey, and I, I don't know. I, I kind of thought for that reason I would enjoy it more, and I think most people are uh, preferring this one, but it's just, it's kind of got the same thing for me, you know, where it's on, and I don't dislike any of it, but it's just not connecting with me. I would like to try it again at some point. Uh, definitely don't dislike it by any means. I appreciate what she's doing. Uh, you know, love some good pop songs, but I don't know. It's just, I don't know, kind of just exists to me. I think it's good, but I don't know how much I would go back to it. But because it's getting so much praise, I would like to 
make myself go back to it as the year goes on. Maybe it'll uh, do something for me eventually. Uh, new Travis Scott album, probably the biggest album on this list. Uh, Utopia, uh, very awaited follow-up to uh, Astro World. Um, yeah, I don't think there was anything in between. I'm not an expert on Travis Scott, so don't yell at me. Uh, I just know, obviously, this album now and Astro World, and that's basically it. And then a few songs here and there. Uh, but I really enjoyed this album. Um, I think as far as mainstream uh, mainstream rap goes, I think the production on this is top notch. I kind of think he's, you know, filling this space that Kanye had for so long, where he could be, you know filling this bridge in between uh, something that is super successful and super mainstream and something that also I think people really recognize the artfulness of. Uh, as far as a male rapper, I think, you know, Travis here is really filling that space. And uh, I think this has got a lot of really good songs on it. I like the song with Drake a lot. I like the song with uh, Young Lean a lot. A lot of people have been shitting on that one, but I like it a lot. Uh, the one with Beyonce, uh, Circus Maximus is, is a lot of fun. I think it has a lot of really fun songs on it. Uh, you know, I'm sure eventually some of these songs will get played out and played out and played out and maybe I'll get a little tired of them, but still, I don't think my feelings will change. I think this is a really, really good uh, mainstream uh, rap album and uh, definitely gonna be listening to some of these songs quite a bit. Uh, as the year goes on. Uh, new one from Gus Dapperton called Hinge. Honestly, I don't remember too much of this one. It's just kind of breezy indie dance pop stuff. It's kind of got that reverby uh, guitar kind of sound. But like I said, it's a little more dancey than I remember from um, hearing like older songs by Gus, like uh, Prune You Talk Funny, which I think is still uh, maybe one of his biggest songs. Uh, I think it's a fine album. I just, it, you know, it's there and it's on and then I just, I don't listen to it again, but it's fine. Uh, then we have a new album uh, by Dominic Fike called uh, Sunburn. Really cool hybrid of like R&B and indie rock. And I don't know, it's got a lot of really cool, uh, very interesting production choices. Uh, I really enjoy the songs. Uh, there's the one song that interpolates Weezer's uh, Undone, the sweater song, and um, yeah, I think I think it's a fun little album. I think it's very summery. Uh, I really like his voice and his personality, and I think, you know, he is from Euphoria, I believe, which is still a show that I've never watched. Um, I know Angus Cloud uh, passed away recently, which is... Uh, very sad, rest in peace, and, uh, yeah, I'm like, I'd like to go back to this album at some point, um, I think, um, I'm trying to pull up this song here that I really like from this album, um, I'm blanking on it, I'm not very good at remembering the song names today, uh, Sick, I really love the song Sick from this album, uh, Go listen to that if you don't listen to anything else. If you want a good, just summary type of jam, it sounds very 2023. Uh, definitely check this out. Uh, then we have Taylor Swift's uh, new uh, re-recording of her album from 2011, Speak Now. If you've been living under a rock, essentially what Taylor has been doing is 
re-recording a lot of these older albums basically to uh, gain the rights of these songs back, uh, which I think is a really respectful move. And, uh, you know, I've listened to all of these uh, new versions as they've come out. I think my favorite still so far is Red. We'll see if that changes with uh, the 1989 remake. Uh, but I think this is still, you know, this has already got uh, a lot of really solid songs on it, especially uh, Dear John and uh, like Sparks Fly obviously was a huge single. And hearing the new versions here is really cool. Hearing the uh, new songs with Haley Williams and Fall Out Boy, uh, really good stuff. Uh, you know, maybe if I had to pick, this is probably my least favorite of the re-recordings so far, but that being said, it's still... It was already a really good set of pop, you know, kind of country songs to begin with. And, you know, you update it and you give it kind of, in my opinion, nicer production. And it's a recipe for uh, a really good remake. So there you have it. Uh, then we have uh, Bush Tetras with They Live In My Head. The name Bush Tetras is so familiar to me. I feel like at one point, you know, I was really into the uh, late 70s, early 80s kind of no wave, like almost punk, but not quite punk scene, bands like DNA and uh, Teenage Jesus. And I feel like I remember listening to something by Bush Tetris at some point, but I can't recall um, exactly. But this new album here, it's definitely pretty far away from that world. It's more of like a, maybe like a garage rock sound. I can't put my finger on exactly what it is. Uh, you can tell the band is definitely aged, but I think they uh, address that in a graceful way. And I think for what it's worth, they still rock pretty hard. Um, you know, maybe not an album that I'll go back to uh, too often, but, you know, for what it is, uh, really nice little rock and roll album. Uh, I really like the vocals, actually. Uh, a lot of people have been shitting on them. Um, I think they're cool. I think they work for the songs. Uh, and yeah, that is it uh, before we get into the five picks, and I will be starting that now. First up, we've got PJ Harvey with I Inside the Old Year Dying. Of all the albums that I've loved this year, I believe this is the one that would uh, probably fall the most under the term slow burn. I really did enjoy it on my first listen, uh, but each listen further has caused me to uh, fall even more in love with it. I believe that slow approach to the record um, actually appropriately goes along with the atmosphere of the music itself. It's very uh, meditative and gentle, even in all of its burning desire. It's most of all, like I said, just gentle. Um, but before I talk more about the record, I must say I'm actually pretty new to PJ's music. Um, I'm not an expert here. If you're, uh, you know, looking for commentary from a diehard PJ Harvey fan, I'm not quite there yet, but I think I will get there. Um, I've known of her since I was a teenager, uh, being very online uh, in the music communities, as I've said before. Uh, and, you know, I casually enjoyed a few songs here and there. Maybe did I, you know, maybe I listened to uh, Rid of Me once or twice, but I don't know, her music never 
stayed with me for whatever reason. I would always hear it uh, and think, you know, that's good. I like that. Uh, but then I would just kind of move on and forget about it. Not on purpose, but you know how it is. Um, but leading up to the release of this new album, I decided to go back to albums like Dry, Rid of Me, To Bring You My Love, Is This Desire, White Chalk, and that's everything I've heard so far. Um, I still have to fill in a few gaps like uh, uh, uh -huh, Her and Let England Shake, and I think there's some other stuff I'm forgetting too. Again, don't yell at me. Um, but I've had a really great time going through all of it, and I've enjoyed everything. And I think this new album here is jarringly different from any of those. The only real similarity that I can think of is that uh, sort of higher register that she sings in. Uh, it's kind of similar to White Chalk, but also this isn't a piano-based album like that one. And this album here is fully based on uh, or around uh, her poetry, uh, which is partly in a regional dialect, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think I read that before, but I'm kind of blanking on it now. Uh, blanking on a lot of things today, uh, just bear with me. But, uh, you know, because of the poetic nature and also uh, the nature of the dialect, I haven't exactly been able to crack what this album means. Uh, and I don't know if, you know, we're meant to sit around and mull over it too much. I mean, everybody likes to interpret things to some degree, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and this is a fantastic album. I'm going to get into it song by song. Uh, Prayer at the Gate feels exactly like what the title suggests. Uh, opening up with this whirring simp sound, uh, which sounds like some kind of ancient horn or something. Uh, the whole song is anchored by those fantastic high vocals I mentioned. Uh, PJ reciting her poetry in this angelic way. Uh, lines about uh, dark halos and knocking at death's door. Uh, the only things accompanying her are these uh, feathery drums and ghoulish simps. It's the kind of track that stopped me in my tracks the first time I heard it. Uh, I really felt like I was experiencing this just grand holy type of thing that's not meant for humans to be seen. Uh, it's a very moving opener, especially the more I listen to it, the more I pick up on. Uh, yeah, really, really, really fantastic uh, emotionally moving opener. Uh, then we have Autumn Term, which sounds a bit more upbeat in comparison. It's got a slinky bass line, some guitars, some piano, and a slow hip-hop style beat and PJ delivering these doubled witchy vocals that have this sort of playful yet creepy spirit to them that kind of reminds me of a, of a track uh, called Lunacy by uh, Swans off of the album The Seer. Uh, and these odd vocal samples uh, come in throughout the track as well. It sounds like a group of people uh, chanting or something. It's really eerie. It sets a really cool atmosphere. Uh, Lonesome Tonight pushes further into this earthy sound. It's mostly, if not all, uh, circulating acoustic guitar and drums, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, one of the most solid vocal performances uh, on this track. On a good pair of headphones, you can really feel the notes that she hits in your chest. Um, 
And I think this is the first time, if I'm not wrong, uh, that we have this really interesting occurrence where uh, she's referencing Elvis. Um, obviously, that's interspersed into the title here, Lonesome Tonight. Um, you know, referencing his song, Are You Lonesome Tonight? And then in the lyrics where she sings, uh, Love Me Tender are his words. Uh, and the way she sings that is absolutely bone chilling. Uh, gets to me every single time. Seam and I starts off a bit like the other tracks here, uh, but quickly switches up to this swampy style that reminds me a little bit of uh, the To Bring You My Love era. The electric guitar and the drums sound like if a grunge band was playing jazz. Polly also switching up her vocal style here, trading off the falsetto, excuse me, for her more natural voice after the intro. It's like this really nice subtle release. Uh, the Nether Edge goes diving right back into the Whirring Simps from the first track. The whole track almost feels like it's being drowned underwater. Uh, an effect that in uh, production could be done in a really corny, uh, not very tasteful kind of way, uh, especially in the wrong hands, but it's done really well here. It sounds very thrilling. The effect paired with her voice really makes you feel like you're sinking in this incredibly cinematic way. Uh, this song also hands down has the best chorus on the whole album. The way she goes from her natural voice to the falsetto adds to the dramatic elements of it all. Uh, really fantastic tune here. Definitely tied for my favorite. Uh, then we have I Inside the Old Year Dying, obviously the title track. Uh, it feels probably the most like a conventional PJ Harvey moment uh, as far as this record goes. It's a bite-sized track at less than two minutes. It features this grungy driving acoustic guitar that feels very familiar to her, but also more of that eerie spacey atmosphere surrounds and swallows the track by the end of it. And I think it's really appropriate how the next track, All Souls, follows that. This track feels like you're literally inside the belly of a whale. It's super eerie, uh, haunting falsetto vocals back again. Uh, another reference to Elvis here. The piano that peeks through by the end of the song is really lovely. Uh, overall, it's probably the weirdest track on the album. Uh, definitely, uh, in my opinion, maybe the hardest to get into, um, especially if it's your first time listening. Uh, a Child's Question August is my other favorite song here. I believe it was a single leading up to the record. I think it has a music video, which I still need to see. Uh, and the fact that it's a single makes sense, as it's another moment where a song gets sort of close to being catchy. I mean, it's still a brooding, strange kind of song, don't get me wrong. Uh, but it's it's almost there. Um, it There's... There's an element of like a pop song in there somewhere. Uh, the drums and electric guitar sound swampy again, and the track sways in this really eerie again, uh, but also kind of sensual manner. The way Polly sings uh, Love Me Tender, Tender Love with the male vocal, I think John Parrish uh, is the name, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, just fantastic. Uh, another Elvis reference, obviously. 
uh, with that line. Uh, and I get lost every time I hear this song. Uh, it is absolutely beautiful. I Inside the Old I Dying is a track I sort of glazed over the first few times, but now it's one of uh, many highlights to my ears. There's something special about the juxtaposition of that plucky folk guitar sound up against uh, Polly's vocals having this slightly distorted effect around her uh, natural tone, uh, especially when John comes back in for the outro. Uh, I really love the way they sing uh, the line, the chalky children of Evermore. August has this rough, liminal, electric guitar sound. You can feel the presence of it, but you can only slightly hear the circulating notes coming in and out. Uh, and that's paired with the uh, again, soaring but gentle vocals from uh, PJ, uh, including another nod to Love Me Tender here, followed by her own line, uh, Leave the Trees, the male vocal coming in the background and singing the actual song, uh, Love Me Tender for a moment, is a really beautiful touch. Uh, and yeah, this track is just plain gorgeous. It makes me feel like uh, I'm just floating above the planet in space. There's so much happening at once, yet it produces this, you know, amongst all the noise, there's this amazing calming effect to it. Uh, a Child's Question July is a lot more unnerving than its sister song, A Child's Question August. Uh, and I may be confusing some of you uh, with these titles. Uh, the titles on this album have a lot of overlap. There might be a word or two changed here and there. Um, and this song here has somewhat of a tribal feeling to it, thanks to the uh, light stomping beat and winding guitars. Uh, it's also a bit like Autumn Turn, maybe. It's got that sort of witchy vibe again, um, especially the uh, climax of the song that feels like you're literally stuck inside of a tornado. Uh, and then when PJ opens a track with a sparse vocal take that reads, uh, Cold moon comes down, curdling through reddening leaves, and these pummeling drums kick in behind that line. You know it's going to be a damn good closing track, and that's exactly what happens with A Noiseless Noise. Ironically, the song gets extremely noisy and insane as it goes on. Uh, wailing electronics and these awesome jagged guitar chords which repeat over and over and over. Uh, such a cathartic, satisfying way to end the album. Uh, the track ending just as gentle as it started. And uh, yeah, that's the new PJ Harvey album. I love this thing. It's one of those albums that I don't think you can digest completely. Uh, on one listen, even two or three listens, you have to keep going back to it. And I'm really excited to have more time with it as the year goes on. Uh, it'll definitely be one of the biggest highlights of the year for me. It's been extremely therapeutic in a way that I'm not even sure how to express. Uh, so yeah, big thumbs up here. Uh, love this album. Uh, great stuff. Now we have Wicked Jaw by Locate S1. I learned about uh, Locate S1 from my younger days when I would go to a ton of concerts and I would frequently see of Montreal and she would usually be the opening act, especially in more recent years. Uh, her relationship with Kevin was slash is, I don't know, I don't care, not my business, uh, pretty well documented stuff, but uh, 
yeah, like I said, I'm not going to delve into all of the of Montreal stuff because uh, Christina, I believe was her name, uh, aka Locate S1, uh, she has her own super cool project going on here, and I want to dive into it because I think this is a tasty uh, little sophisticated pop treat. Uh, guitar licks galore, wonderful sugary sweet melodies, super, super, super catchy, uh, production that sounds super crisp and colorful. Uh, I had lightly delved into her music before, but I can't recall if I ever sat through an entire album, uh, just a few songs here and there. What I do know is this is a damn strong collection of fantastic tracks that bounce between genres like it's effortless, and for that reason alone, it'll be very high up on my year-end ranking. Uh, just a spoiler alert, this is getting on up there into like the top five right now. Really love this album, uh, so be on the lookout for it uh, by the end of the year. Uh, we start off the album with a nice, uh, groovy surf rock vibe on the track. Uh, you were right about one thing. The lead single for the record, great music video. The way the chords descend in the verses is just super tasteful and packs a heavy punch. The falsetto on the chorus is so huge and celebratory, yet also dreamy and soft. Um, I love how the drums stomp when she sings... Uh, I couldn't have made it this far without you. Uh, very 60s-ish. Uh, love, 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 love this track. Go back to Disney. Fantastic track. Uh, Disney spelled with two E's. Uh, incredibly delightful. A strong uh, bossa nova vibe in the rhythm section. Lovely keys. But the best part is that shiny, uh, kind of jangly lead guitar, which pops in here and there. The can't really make uh, the sound that it makes, but uh, just go listen to it. It's such a good song. Um, also, lovely vocals on the chorus. Uh, the way her own background vocals come in and sing, uh, I believe the children of the future are America, in uh, that super uh, high Kate Bush type register, just so relaxing, so sweet. Uh, you've got funky synth pop vibes all over uh, Pieta. Uh, thumping drums, pulsing Stranger Things style synths. Uh, this sort of icy, despondent delivery on the verses is a really nice contrast to the ABBA style melody on the chorus. Uh, just a really cool combination of sounds that's uh, familiar yet something totally new at the same time. Heart Attack has a thick bass line, tight funky guitar lines, and best of all, those classic gated reverb type drums. It feels like a long lost 80s funk jam that uh, just somehow never made it into the spotlight. And uh, you can't help but wonder why. Uh, the chorus is fucking fantastic. The heart attack when the memories come back. Uh, the claps are uh, a really subtle but lovely touch. Um, I can't help but groove every time I hear this tune. Uh, one of my favorites on here for sure. It's up there with uh, the first song and uh, Disney and the next song, uh, The Hard Way. Uh, Thin Lizzy uh, definitely had to be a huge influence on this track. That lead guitar sound and the main riff is uh, so in their wheelhouse. It's so very 70s. Uh, I love a good guitar hero style jam. Uh, you take that classic sound and give it this 
interesting indie rock treatment as well as some uh, awesome vocals. Uh, Christina coming through with uh, some fiery lines as well that uh, also match how fiery the track is itself. Uh, the line I really love is, uh, why should you care what I'm doing upstairs when you made your bed down there? Uh, I don't know why, but that line just always sticks out to me every time I listen to it. Um, I love the pacing of this album, by the way. Uh, this epic rock track right around the middle of the record makes a lot of sense. Uh, Danielle is a really lovely uh, mid-tempo kind of surfy rock, uh, also kind of art pop. Uh, kind of a come down after that last track being so heavy. Uh, some jangly, sweet little guitar lines that uh, bring about my stank face, aka the face I make when I hear something that just sounds so good, just feels so good. Uh, and the bass line at the end is just perfection. It's a very sun-baked kind of track. It's so light, so breezy. Uh, always puts a smile on my face. Have You Got It Yet is punchy, spunky, bouncy, raw, lots of other adjectives like that. Uh, just fun as hell. Uh, it's the closest this album gets to, I guess, punk, but it's not even that, really. It's punk in the sense of, like, maybe the B-52s or something. Uh, it's got this raw, fast-paced instrumental and, uh, these weird cartoonish sound effects, which sounds, uh, which sound like things just, uh, clanking and falling. It reminds me of, I don't know, Scooby-Doo or something. It's really fun. Uh, and there's just so much personality all over the song. I love the line about Prince as well as the line about Carol Kay. Uh, Blue Meanies is another sun-baked kind of cool-down track. Uh, some of the haziest production on the whole album uh, still firmly sitting in that art pop world, but there is a dose of psychedelia to it. Her super uh, high vocal range matches that atmosphere, uh, the psychedelic atmosphere really well. The beds of synths and harmonies are just lovely. Uh, not much else to say about it other than that. Uh, thumbs up, really like this track. Daffodil has that, uh, I'm not sure what you would call it, it's that Benny and the Jets style piano sound. It's got that stomping uh, piano chords kind of thing. I'm not sure how to describe it, like I said. Uh, it's pretty short and sweet, but she reaches some of her highest notes in the track. The percussion is super tasteful underneath the piano. But my favorite part of the song and one of my favorite parts on the whole album is that wild... Uh, Stevie Wonder-esque uh, synth freak out, uh, really big uh, Secret Life of Plants energy there. And then the piano solo after it is super jazzy. Uh, and I think this track really shows um, how much amazing musical prowess that Christina and her band here have. Uh, just love this track and I love all of the influences scattered throughout the album. Uh, the uh, title track, Wicked Jaw, is the closer, and it's anchored by some uh, doobop shabops, uh, likely courtesy of uh, the influence from a 50s track. Like, uh, first one that comes to mind for me is uh, I Only Have Eyes For You by the Flamingos, uh, and it's also got that classic 60s uh, Hal Blaine uh, drumming for the Ronettes uh, style beats, the doom. Doom, doom, but a little bit faster than that. 
Uh, Christina's crooning fits really nicely above that combination of sounds. The opening line, who says I can't, pretty sure I can, is damn solid as well as the main hook. Uh, I can't help it, I've got a wicked jaw. It's a simple but powerful sentiment the end, to end the album on. Uh, I love the simple little organ lick in the bridge. Uh, just awesome stuff all around. And uh, yeah, I love the Stam album. Um, really, there's not even, you know, some music is just so good at what it does. You don't even really know what to say about it. And that's definitely an instance here. Um, you know, sometimes artists and bands come along and just blow you away by just, I don't know, just doing the damn thing and doing the damn thing well. And, uh, I, I love this album. I think it's perfect. Uh, really excited to come back to it, um, as the year progresses and, you know, from here on out, even after this year, I, I think I'm definitely gonna, uh, remember this as one of the finest moments of the year. Uh, so yeah, that's Wicked Jaw by Locate S1. Next, we have Cutworms with a new self-titled album. Um, I may have mentioned this before, but Cutworms music has meant a good deal to me for a while now. Uh, listening to his albums was a huge part of my pandemic era. I was as deep as I would ever get into the... Uh, kind of recent, uh, modern, retro indie, uh, country twang kind of trend. And the 2020 album, Nobody Lives Here Anymore, was my favorite album of the year, uh, as well as the track Castle in the Clouds being my favorite song of that year, uh, and one of my favorite songs of all time, probably. Uh, both that song and that album were my introductions to him. Then, of course, I went back and really got into uh, Hollow Ground as well as the uh, Alien Sunset EP. Uh, and both of those are more conventional, sweet and easy sets of songs, clocking in at just a handful of songs at probably, I don't know, 30 minutes or so, maybe even like 25. They're really short, obviously, the one being an EP. So what do you expect? But um uh, Nobody Lives Here Anymore, on the other hand, was a sprawling set of, uh, I think, 17 songs hitting an almost uh, an hour and a half of length, uh, exploring all of these deep nooks and crannies of ragged yet wide-eyed Americana through the lens of Max Clark, a.k.a. The Face of the Project. Uh, and this new self-titled record here is still, you know, his familiar... Uh, old 60s country and rock style, but it's much more abbreviated this time uh, compared to the last record. And personally, I love both sides of the coin. So, you know, the fact that he's doing this here is no problem to me. But I also, you know, I love how sprawling, like I said, the last album was. Uh, I love anything the guy does. Uh, I think he's one of the best artists working today. And I think with this album, each song is a major hitter and I stay engaged the whole way through. Getting into the songs, uh, a honky-tonk piano intro kicks off the opener Don't Fade Out. Super fun, upbeat country rocker about, you know, the narrator doing his best to hold on to this relationship, uh, spending so much of his time wallowing in this anxiety that this person is going to fade out on him and leave him. 
It's romantic and catchy as ever, and it's one of my favorite vocal performances Max has given to date. There's something really special about the Everly Brothers style vocal delivery that, I don't know, it's just, it does something for me, and I think he pulls it off really well, and he also puts his own uh, kind of unique uh, spin on it. Um, yeah, love it. Uh, then we have Take It and Smile, which, um, you know, takes those anxious feelings from the last track and turns them into this slightly more downbeat rocker about trying to force yourself to do exactly what the title suggests. It's a bit of a joker moment, if you will. Uh, you know, just put on a happy face. Uh, <laughs> the production uh, really shines all over this album, but especially on this track, the way the rhythm section sounds uh, reminds me a good bit of the classic you know, 60s Spectre sound. Uh, and the pedal steel, of course, as always, sounds very tasty. It's a song that could reflect the turmoil of a relationship or, you know, the inner uh, turmoil of watching the world around you fall apart or both at the same time. Uh, you know how it goes. Uh, Ballad of the Texas King was the first single and it really shines the most for me as far as lyrics go. Uh, lots of familiar country-style imagery, but with this almost sort of Lynchian kind of cinematic twist to it. Uh, the lines being, uh, my heart won't beat till we meet again together, or till we meet again. Uh, oh, don't cry. Keep me on your mind forever. I found a new song. Pulls me along to that other plane. I'll see you sometime. Off down the line where it never rains, I put my foot in the gas tank. For the last time, I know I'll be right by your side, from Paradise to El Paso. Uh, and yeah, the song itself instrumentally sounds extremely warm and inviting. And again, there's just something so comforting about his voice uh, in general, um, especially on this song. I'll Never Make It has a swaying kind of uh, doo-wop vibe to it, the chord progression uh, strongly giving off uh, that feeling. Uh, you've got warm and sweet lines like, I'll never make it, my life's not real without you. And then you break into this dramatic section here and there uh, where he sings uh, really softly what's happening to me uh, in this, like I said, this quiet, somber tone. Uh, and then you get this really explosive, soulful part, which which I love, where he sings... Uh, where you're broken in two, lost in what you can't do, stay alive, my baby. Easily one of the best tunes on the album, and I highly suggest going to watch the music video if you haven't already, especially if you're into county fairs. Uh, gives off kind of a fall energy to it, like late or like late summer going into fall. Uh, really wonderful song, wonderful music video. Uh, is It Magic is a masterclass to me in the way that it marries the, again, Everly Brothers vocal style with this uh, kind of low-key early Beach Boys sound and the, you know, surfy electric guitar and the high harmonies. The song really makes you feel like you're just sitting on a Texas shore with the one you love, just looking at it, the waves. Um, it's the song which is so good, you feel like it's just existed in the popular songbook forever, um, but it's a brand new song, um, and it's already a classic. Uh, another one of my favorites on here for sure. Let's Go Out on the Town as another straightforward retro country rocker. 
uh, kind of in a similar vein to one of his most popular tunes, Don't Wanna Say Goodbye, one of my favorites, uh, complete with the jangly guitar hooks from Heaven, as well as these uh, great little acoustic breaks. All of these summery feelings and imagery uh, shift over to Autumn with Living Inside, uh, in which he actually mentions Autumn in the lyrics. It's a gentle little 60s style love ballad complete with uh, some bouncing pianos, some tambourine, and a beautiful uh, kind of low-key set of strings. The lines about seeing all of these beautiful uh, worldly visions living inside of this person are great. Use Your Love Right Now has this simultaneously grand and subtle energy to it that reminds me of, uh, let's say, 1234 by Feist. The lyrics are uplifting and wholesome in this very classic, again, kind of vintage type of way. I don't know if he gets tired of people saying, oh, your music is vintage, but I, you know, it is. And I'm, you know, when I'm trying to turn other people onto the music, that's the first word that I think of that or retro, but there are definitely more, you know, poetic ways to put that, that I uh, am not approaching. But anyway, love this song. Love all of these songs. Uh, the bouncing piano on the song again uh, just has a really happy vibe to it. Uh, and then we have the closer, uh, which is Too Bad. Uh, you know, it's literally titled Too Bad. I'm not just saying Too Bad. Um, and I think it's the epic cowboy closer this album is perfectly suited for. Thematically, it shifts back into this big existential picture that I feel like the last album, like I said before, was really centered around. Uh, thanks to the lyrics here being uh, hearts pounding cold and slow, I have wandered out of touch and my compass face is blank and the map I have shows too much like diamonds in the rain, life waiting to be found, love that courses in your veins, like a river underground, too bad we never see it at all. The vocals go from this gentle country croon in the verses to uh, kind of like I'll never make it. It's got this really explosive part in the chorus, uh, and the organ is killer on this track. And uh, yeah, I really dig this new album from Max. I'm happy with the... Uh, very low-key kind of get in and get out approach. He's got a knack for writing songs that, like I said, feel like they've been in the cosmos uh, for ages. Um, but he all, you know, I was trying to say this before, he also avoids doing it in this corny, pastiche kind of way, which some people do nowadays and, you know, nothing against that. But he manages to bring back these familiar sounds, but he does it in this super tasteful way. Uh, and yeah, love me some Cutworms, love this new album here, definitely check it out, um, if you're into the, uh, uh, kind of throwback country sound that some people are doing nowadays, I think you would get something out of this, uh, I think it's a wonderful album, short and sweet, to the point, Cutworms, by Cutworms. Next, we've got Austin by Post Malone. I uh, don't know if you've ever heard of him before. Um, as far as, you know, real talk here, as far as uh, gigantic, mega, super pop star guys go, uh, Post is probably the one I enjoy the most outside of The weekend. 
I would never say that, you know, he's my favorite artist of all time or anything, but I've always thought he was great. Um, I always thought he uh, stood out as very consistent and uh, very talented in both lanes that he's worked in. Uh, of course, the more hip-hop based sound and then the more uh, singer-songwriter sound. Um, I think the guy can really sing and play guitar and he brings his own uh, personal style and spin that keeps everything super fresh. Uh, I think he is a fresh entry into the uh, modern pop landscape and I think he deserves this uh, huge success. Um, but yeah, I don't have to, you know, talk about him too much. You, you know who he is. Uh, this is his brand new album. It's called Austin, and it's full of some great pop songwriting, uh, shifting between this fun, uh, slightly 80s-influenced pop rock and then uh, some acoustic ballads here and there. It's definitely not reinventing the wheel or anything like a lot of the albums I'm talking about, but like I said, it's always nice to hear someone just do the thing and do it well. Uh, like I said before, uh, getting into the tracks, I'm uh, going to kind of run through these a little quickly just because there are 17 songs. It's a bit of a longer album, but I actually think it is uh, well worth its runtime. I don't think it uh, gets old by any means. I think it's uh, pretty solid all the way through. I think it's uh, a really, really good record. Uh, don't Understand kicks off the album raw and acoustically, uh, mostly just post and a guitar. Uh, the guitar, I would even say, has a bit of this uh, Nirvana MTV Unplugged vibe. And I really enjoy how you can feel like you're in the room with him. Uh, Something Real shifts into this stomping rock choir vibe, uh, post being backed by this uh, loud and proud refrain of give me something I can feel. It feels like he's having uh, his own Jesus is King kind of moment here with the choir. Uh, Chemical is so far the biggest song from the whole album. I believe it was the first thing released from it. Uh, it's acoustic pop rock with this light, breezy, millennial-type atmosphere to it. Um, it almost has a jangly Beach Fossils uh, indie rock type of vibe to it, which makes total sense because he is taking them out on tour. Uh, I like this track a lot. I can see it being as big as Circles one of these days. Nova Candy is one of my favorites, uh, starting off with this spacey intro and then shifting into this super sweet, uh, very candy-like 80s pop rock vibe with uh, this earworm chorus, uh, no, I never felt anything better than this. Um, and then the pre-chorus, uh, it feels so good tonight, let's act like we're never going to get it back, is pure pop bliss. You can imagine a bunch of people uh, singing along to that at a concert or a party or something. Uh, I would even argue that this should be the biggest hit from the album, along with uh, some other ones I'm going to talk about. Uh, Morning delves further into uh, his troubles with addiction, sitting nicely in between acoustic and trap. Um, the sun is killing my buzz, that's why they call it morning. Uh, I like the play on the uh, two words morning, as in the feeling... Uh, or morning as in the time of day. Too Cool to Die is wonderful and another one of my favorites. I think it deserves to be a big hit, um, definitely in my top three from the album. Uh, a bit of that 80s flair, but there's also more um, 
of this beachy indie rock vibe to it. The muted electric guitar sound is really classic and cool. I love his vocal melody on the chorus and how he reaches into a slightly higher register um, when he sings, uh, I'm not here for long, baby, I'm just passing by. Sign Me Up is a thumping, glistening track with a great bass line, uh, all about giving into the excess and chaos of this new relationship, not caring if this new love brings about some uh, chaos and insanity, almost as if to say, you know, sign me up. <laughs> not to make a pun. Uh, Socialite goes back into the uh, light, breezy, acoustic direction. Uh, some pretty striking lines on this one, like, uh, fuck me up, it's only my body. If God does exist, then it shouldn't be a problem. Hope this man is doing okay. That made me uh, pretty sad uh, to hear. Overdrive is a bit of a rising hit right now, I believe. I think it's like the second biggest song from this album so far. Could be wrong. Uh, definitely uh, correct me if I am. Um, but I really like um, the fact that, you know, if this is a really big song, I really like that fact. Um, the electric guitar is uh, kind of subtle, but if you listen to it close, um, it's very lovely. It's very unassuming and kind of surfy. It's a nice backdrop. Uh, the whistling part in the bridge is great, and the strings towards the end are very cinematic. Uh, another fave for me here. Uh, Speedometer. I love this song. It's a pulsing, uh, late, uh, kind of low-key, uh, party-at-night kind of jam. It feels slightly inspired by The Weeknd, you know, speaking of him, uh, thanks to the twinkling synth sound and the funky little guitar breaks. It's a really cool song about you know, things we can all relate to, being a cool guy and showing a cool girl your cool car and going out on the cool town. You cool cats know how it is. Um, it's got a lot of charm to it, and even with the subject matter being what it is, it actually strays from being corny and still sounds awesome. It makes you feel like you yourself are the cool guy in the song. The production is... Uh, also fantastic. Again, Hold My Breath is a good showcase for when Post gets really raw and emotional with his vocals. He lets out a lot of feelings uh, with his performance here. The song itself is a really nice and gentle backdrop for him to do that. Uh, lovely guitars and all. Uh, Enough is Enough starts off with a nice acoustic section and then shifts into these huge gated reverb uh, 80s drums, which are a mainstay for the rest of the track. Um, I think he carries a lot of cool swagger in the verses, and the chorus is uh, super cathartic. Texas T is probably my least favorite on the album, but it's still a fine song. The percussion is pretty strange and unique, uh, in a good way, of course. Uh, I don't know, the whole song is just kind of a nice vibe. There's not much to say about it, really. Uh, Buyer Beware has a cool rock and groove. I sound like an old man when I say that. Um, and the uh, little synth line is one of my favorite music moments on the whole record. Uh, the whole song, obviously based off the title, is this warning to a potential party or potential partner. Uh, kind of, you know, the flip side of that track I mentioned before, uh, Sign Me Up. 
Um, I really like the line, you shouldn't spend uh, your money on a dollar store miracle. Sorry, babe, but I don't have the answers, even though I'm a know-it-all. Uh, then we have Landmine, which has cool driving acoustic guitar uh, and stomps and claps to accompany it. His falsetto mixed with the choir coming back behind him sounds really angelic. Uh, lovely harmonies for a very emotional type of song here. Uh, love the line, baby, I'm fine. I'm just bumming my way through a landmine. Uh, then we have Green Thumb. Uh, I love this song to death. It's another one of my favorites on here. Uh, not only the best representation I've heard of um, post-going acoustic, uh, but it's also got some of the best lyrics I've heard from the man. Uh, definitely the lyrical highlight for this particular album. Uh, definitely speaking about the part here, uh, drove by your house and noticed it was overgrown. Your flowers are all dead. And I thought you should know what happened to your green thumb that you were so proud of. The bodies were scattered and starving for love. Uh, kind of dark shit there, Posty. Uh, really, really love this song. Uh, love the lyrics in it. Um, think it would almost work as a closer if it wasn't for the next song, which is also great. Uh, it's called Laugh It Off. It's a very appropriate closer. Uh, carrying into the acoustic thing one more time, and then by the end of the track, turning into this bombastic rock tune, uh, the guitar solo at the end, along with his uh, kind of screaming that he does. Uh, one of the coolest moments on any of his songs thus far. Uh, I would love a balls-to-the-wall rock album from Post one of these days, and I think this uh, song is uh, evidence that really backs me up there. And uh, yeah, this album is my favorite thing I've heard from Post in a while, uh, definitely since he first blew up. I did really like Hollywood Bleeding, and uh, I thought 20 Carat Toothache was good as well, but this one here has a lot of songs I go back to continuously these days, and uh, I don't know, I just think it's a cool progression for him, yet at the same time, it also keeps a strong foot in what he does best. And as always, I'm interested in hearing what he does next. I think this is a really, really great album from Posty here. Uh, it's called Austin. Definitely check it out, especially if you're skeptical of his music. I think, you know, at least some of these songs might convert you into being uh, a fan. Uh, I think he's a great songwriter. So yeah, Austin by Post Malone. Finally, we've got Palehound with Eye on the Bat. You know, there's such a strong presence of these uh, 90s-influenced singer-songwriters, and I think, I think it makes people take that direction for granted uh, to a certain extent, um, especially when a really great act like this comes along and just knocks it out of the park, no frills or anything, just killer guitar, killer vocals, uh, killer rhythm section, and just honest killer lyrics. This is the first Pale Hound album I've ever heard. I believe I saw the name a few years ago maybe, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, but uh, regardless, it's the first uh, album that I've heard. Uh, from the project and now honestly I'm gonna have to go back and check out everything else that uh, has been released 
uh, Wasting No Time, the opener, Good Sex, uh, built up this awesome momentum. Uh, it starts off with simple, angsty guitar chords that are next accompanied by a driving drum beat and intense guitar stabs. All of this leading up to the uh, final punch line, uh, bad sex makes a good joke that anyone can get, but good sex makes a bad joke that's only funny if you were there. Uh, this awesome fiery guitar lick opens up the next track, Independence Day, and comes back after every chorus. The uh, bass on this track absolutely rules as well. Uh, and I really enjoy how lyrically the song carries a double meaning uh, with, you know, Independence Day citing uh, the actual holiday and then also the day that this relationship ended. Um, and I love the main chorus being, uh, now I'm living uh, life like writing my first draft because there's nothing to it if I can't edit the past, but even if I could, I don't want to see that other path. Uh, really great, just honest songwriting there. Um, really hits uh, you in the gut. Uh, the electric guitar gets cranked up even louder for the next song, The Clutch. It sounds like a train going off the rails in the best way possible. Hearing the vocal shout, uh, it's a punch in the gut. Uh, funny enough, I just said that. Uh, right before the sizzling guitar solo, Probably my favorite moment on the whole record. Uh, that is a certified uh, chef's kiss moment to me. The title track um, has this drum beat, which sort of reminds me of a classic uh, kind of hip-hop style beat. Over top of that, you have this great little uh, folky acoustic guitar riff. Um, also, gotta love the line referencing uh, listening to uh, Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Um, the personality uh, on this album is super fun and loose and uh, just realistic. Um, you can tell that like a specific person wrote this album and that's what makes it special. Uh, you Want It, You Got It makes this this uh, organic, messy sounding acoustic guitar with an electronic beat and pulsating synths. Uh, eventually some more awesome electric guitar playing as the track builds to this crazy climax where she's going into this lovely falsetto. Uh, and I love how the bass uh, sounds and how up close and personal the vocals sound on the next track, uh, Route 22. Uh, some really tasty country style riffs as well. Uh, and I think that vibe suits the imagery of, you know, being out on the road. Um, and there's the line about... Uh, you know, be safe getting home. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, but yeah, great track. Love the harmonies on the chorus, especially the line, uh, what's, uh, what good is the good in me if you can't see? Uh, track My Evil is a brooding acoustic rocker about acknowledging the damage you yourself can cause in your relationships. And I love how lyrically she's you know, listing off all these things that she could be doing instead of repeating the same mistakes. And I love the line, I didn't notice I had blood on my hands till it dried and flaked off, staining all of our clothes. Good writing there. I, I just, I really enjoy that part. Uh, Head Like Soup is definitely um, a relatable title. The percussion on this track is super cool. Um, it feels as close as this album gets to 
an electronic sound. Um, I kind of mentioned it before with one of the earlier tracks, but I feel like it just goes even deeper here. Uh, but there is this really cool, uh, chunky, classic rock sounding breakdown that comes in. Uh, super cathartic, um, and I love the falsetto on this track as well. Right About You is a lovely, folky little tune. A bit of that pastoral uh, Sparkle Horse or Alex G vibe, uh, as far as the instrumental goes. Uh, and lyrically, the song finds the narrator going back to these old memories with this partner and connecting these different recollections that scared her to her current situation, saying that this person scared her as well. Uh, the vocal delivery is low-key, but and what it does, it carries a lot of emotional weight. You can tell she feels every word that she sings, and I really enjoy it for that. Uh, Fading, our closer, leaves things on a bit of a somber note. It's another true blue, uh, folky kind of tune, and it's basically reluctant acceptance of the outcome of this difficult situation, uh, the narrator repeatedly singing, um, I'm fading, I'm fading, there's nothing I can do to keep from fading to you. And yeah, I mean, that's it. I really don't have much to say. It's a straightforward album to me, like some of the others that I talked about today. And uh, like I've been saying over and over, kind of beating a dead horse here, it does what it does extremely well. It's musically familiar and interesting and just hits me in all of the uh, uh, right emotions in just under 30 minutes. I highly recommend it if you're uh, into the modern indie singer-songwriter kind of thing. Uh, the personality, like I said before, uh, displayed here is unique in its own way to set it apart. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for today. Uh, like I said, I've got to get going here, but wanted to knock this episode out and talk about uh, these new albums that I really enjoyed. Um, as always, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening and uh, peace and be well and see you next time.